season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Homer Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shriegling and I'm the host. Today is going to be episode number three of three this weekend. Had some great content earlier this week with two visual interviews live at the WWBA with Black Cobra Media. We had Vanderbilt baseball commit RJ Hamilton on the show and Indiana baseball commit AJ Garcia, both teammates on the East Coast Sox and Ray Scout team. We got another one of their teammates on today as we've got 2023 Tennessee baseball commit just finished up at PG National. We got Matthew Dallas on the show. So it's a great conversation with him today. It was great learning more about his career, his pitching repertoire, stuff like that. Um, so we kind of dig into just the PDP overall that he was there about a little over a month ago. Um, just his overall experience there, what the average day looked like. We dig into the Ray Scout team, obviously for the East Coast Sox. This is their first year as the Ray Scout team. So we dig into that, how it's a little different this year than normal. Talk about his pitching repertoire. So what pitches he's throwing, any pitches he's wanting to add. So just a cool conversation, dig, dig into his whole career so far. Um, so let's dig into the interview and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have one of the top prospects in Tennessee for the 2023 class. We got Tennessee baseball commit Matthew Dallas on the show. Matthew, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? Doing good, man. So one question I always like to ask everybody as soon as the show is, um, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Matthew Dallas? Uh, I would introduce myself as a uh, a leader on the field. I like to have fun. Uh, I like to stay energetic throughout the whole game. Like too too fun of a game to get down on yourself the whole time. So I just like to stay positive, and I like to go win. Okay. So like I said, you're committed to Tennessee. So let's dig into that a little bit about that recruiting process. So when did that recruiting process start for you? When did D1 teams start reaching out? And just overall, can you kind of just take us through that whole process? To a camp, I would say, like, I think eighth grade fall or, like, my freshman fall. And Tennessee saw me there. They just said, hey, like, what's up? Like, nothing really got going. They gave me, like, their number just to have. Uh, so I didn't talk to them for months. So then I go to a, a guy here in Memphis throw a bullpen, get some numbers. And this was my freshman freshman year. And uh, so they sent him to Tennessee. Then I had I had my other uh, coach that I played with for summer. He talked to some schools. So the next day, for me not talking to a coach, the next day I talked to Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Alabama. And so ever since that day after that, Tennessee was the only one that reached back out. So I talked to Tennessee for like, I would say four or five months or maybe a little bit less than that, but a long time of just getting to know each other and just building that relationship with the coaches and everything. So then they saw me pitch once and I did pretty good and they offered me that night. 
And I knew, I okay. knew since it was, I knew when once they offered me that like, that was the school I wanted to go to, and it was just like basically a dream come true. Okay. So that first day that you were talking to Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, you might have mentioned someone else, but what were those initial conversations like? Like, what were those phone calls? What questions were they asking you? Um, just overall, what were what was that day like when you were just going from call to call with all those teams? I'm racking, to be honest, not even talking to one coach. Then you have three calls with the top SEC uh, coaches building the relationship because that's the biggest part of, I think, recruiting nowadays. Yeah. So as you were going through that four or five months, you said with Tennessee, um, were there other teams that were coming along while you were building this relationship with Tennessee or for that part um, throughout that process, a couple months, um, was it mostly just Tennessee at that point? It was all of Tennessee. Like, so after that day of talking to Alabama, Ole Miss and Tennessee, the only coach I talked to until I committed was Tennessee. So okay. I didn't talk to any yeah. schools until I got committed. Okay. So how long was it throughout that, that four or five month process you said that you were kind of thinking, okay, like if this school does, when was it that you said, okay, well, if Tennessee does offer me, like, this is the place I want to go. Like how, how, how soon into that process did you kind of know that you wanted to go to Knoxville? I think, I think I always, you know, you, me and my brother always told ourselves, like, hey, we want to go to the best of the best colleges and play against the best kids in the nation. So I knew Tennessee would give me that opportunity. But, like, I would say, like, around two months or so when it kind of started getting to pick up a little bit more, I'm like, hey, like, they offer me. Like, I'm thinking about it. And we, one of our other coaches that we talked to, he was like, yeah, I think they might be getting pretty, pretty close. So I was in Atlanta, actually, and family had COVID at this time, except for me. So I was able to go to Atlanta and pitch. And before I went up there, I talked to one of the coaches, and they were like, hey, we'll talk to you after you get uh, after you get done with Atlanta and come back home and everything. But then I get a text from my dad saying, hey, they want they want to set up a call real quick. I was like, okay, this is, this is happening. So when when they when that that when that call went through and you did get that offer, how long was it? Did you actually commit to Tennessee after that offer? It was I, I think it was the next day. The okay. Next night. Okay. So yeah. was it soon? Was it soon after that you were in Knoxville taking a visit, or how many times have you been to Knoxville taking visits, kind of looking around campus, watching the baseball team? So I went up to Knoxville for one football game and a basketball game last year. I haven't been up for, like, any, like, just baseball season games. Just my schedule, it hasn't been – we haven't been able to work it out. But I've only been up there, I think, three times. Okay. So how far – so it says on Perfect Game that you're from Arlington, Tennessee. I'm not from that area, so I don't really know. So how far is Arlington, Tennessee to Knoxville? It's about six and a half. Ooh, man, that's a long drive. Is there an airport nearby you guys maybe make a little bit quicker, or do you guys just make that drive? Yeah, I mean, we always make the drive. There is an airport, but we, we just make the drive. Okay, so it's Arlington, Tennessee. Obviously, Knox. We're on the west. Yeah, it's at the very bottom of the of the state. Like, it's in, it's in Memphis, obviously, but... Um, it's at, yeah, it's at the very, very bottom. 
and okay. obviously Knoxville is at the top. So it's like a long hike across Tennessee. And you think okay. in being in the same being in the same state as your college won't be too far, but it's a little hike. Yeah. So you said you committed that next day after that phone call, but at what like kind of take what what point in the in the timeline is this? Are you a sophomore, junior? When exactly did you commit to Tennessee? It was my sophomore summer. Oh, in the end of my freshman summer. Okay, so now, so you've been committed there for about two years. Yes, sir. I've been I've been committed yeah, for a little bit. Okay, so since you've been there, you, since you've been committed there for two years, have you been able to ship with the coaching staff? Like, how has that that relationship evolved since you've committed? Oh, for sure. Like, especially nowadays, now because I can call them and text them, and they can text me back whenever. Like, I'll text them and just like just catch up of tell them how I've been doing and. They'll, they'll respond pretty, pretty back. I talk to Elander the most because, you know, Vitello, he's, he's always doing something, always busy. I don't want to get in his way, especially with the new recruits, of like all the freshmen they have up there right now. But I talk to Elander all the time. I was just keeping him updated of my schedule and how I'm doing. So it's, it's been a lot better being able to build that relationship, and it's been really good. Yeah. So, what was it like seeing your head coach um, at the draft? Uh, it was pretty cool. I texted him. I was like, you, are you getting on the draft? He's like, yep. I was like, all right. So, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So, with the draft going on these past two days and today, um, do you know anybody who's, who's been drafted? Do you have any teammates on your East Coast, East Coast Sox team or even on your high school team? Well, obviously, you know, Walter Ford, he played with me a few years ago. Uh, so I played with him. Then, obviously, he reclassified, got drafted. But, I mean, not really. That's the only guy I've really played with. You know, a few other people from my brother. Then, like, obviously, from him being at Kentucky and me being from Tennessee, obviously a bunch of those guys got drafted. But that's just about okay. it. The only guy okay. I played with was so how much how much older is your brother at Kentucky? He's at, he's two years old. So he just he just got in the portal portal and he just committed to Jacksonville. Okay, all right. So next year with him being a junior, is there a decent shot? At, is he getting looked at by some teams? You think for the twenty three draft? So he'll be a uh, he'll be a sophomore next year. Oh yeah, and you're right. So dude, okay, never mind. Uh, forget forget about that question. But um, so since yeah. you've there for a little bit um have do you have some relationships with some other guys who are committed to tennessee in your class oh yes sir i talk to them all the time um carson rucker is a big guy to talk to uh his brother got drafted he was the third baseman at tennessee so we have this big group chat that we always talk in there like when something tennessee wise happened like during the draft like we we're all talking to each other and everything so we've been able to build a pretty good relationship with each other yeah so when you head to Tennessee, you'll be you'll be able to be draft eligible as a sophomore, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So what's your mindset as you're going into going into Tennessee? You could possibly be there for two years and then go to the draft, or possibly be there longer. What's your mindset as you head into school? I mean, I think I think it's always a goal to get there as a freshman and make some some like was some help to the program. So I don't. I don't want to get there and have this mindset of two years and I want to leave. I want to get there and do the best and hopefully go and go to Omaha and win something. 
Okay. All right. So let's, let's move in a little bit to the travel ball experience a little bit. So I got to interview a couple of your East coast Sox teammates, but on perfect game, it says you're a part of wow factor. So what, what exactly, why, what would be the reasoning for that? Did you play for wow factor a little bit as well? Yeah. So they were a big part of helping me with recruiting wise for Tennessee. So I've always been able to like pick up with them when I needed to. So I pitched for them Sunday just to throw a few innings before I go to PG National. And I always I always have a few buddies on a Wild Factor team. And so I can go and play local with them and not have to travel a bunch whenever I'm free and it works out. Okay. So when did you start playing for the East Coast Sox? Uh, I started playing for them like eighth grade summer. So I've been with them for a while. Okay. So playing for two different organizations, obviously East Coast Sox, and then you said Wild Factor every once in a while. What's the biggest differences you've seen between both organizations? Well, I think I think competition level a little bit, just because the Wild Factor I team, the Wild Factor team I play with, isn't like one of the best in the nation, like how my team is. So I mean, but it's always both both organizations. It's a really fun environment to play with, and both both teams have some great guys on. Okay. So this year for the East Coast Sox, this is actually your from what RJ and AJ told me is this is your guys' first year as the Ray Scout team. So have you seen a difference at all in terms of how the programs run or what exactly what what exactly would be the difference this year for being the tech, for technically being the Ray Scout team this year? Uh I think I think we were a lot better this year, but I think what hurt us was we had a bunch of pitchers get hurt that were like our top guys. So I think we would have had a really good team coming into this year, but we just had a bunch of injuries that just had a huge setback on us. Okay. But I, I was really confident coming into this year. Okay. So you mentioned earlier in the recording that you said that you are going to East Coast Pro here in a couple of weeks. So is this going to be your first time there, or were you able to be there last year as well? This is my first time there. I'll be with the mayor. Okay. So can you kind of take us through that process of how you got the invite to East Coast Pro and then what you're looking forward to most of being there? Yeah, so I would say in the fall, I had a uh, I had a little day with like a little pro day with East Coast, and we just went in this facility through bullpen, hitters hit. So it was like this little pro day and a bunch of scouts there. And so the Mariners saw me there obviously with a bunch of other teams and kind of kind of got it going just yeah had a little conversation hey i'm i'm dan from the mariners and blah 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 so started talking a little bit there then uh we had the east coast then you have to get invited to the east coast pro workout and so i got a call from him saying hey we want to invite you to it you can only get invited to it obviously by a mlb organization so I was able to get the invite. Then we went to actually Jacksonville and had the East Coast Pro workout. And uh, I got a call a few weeks later saying, "Hey, you're 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 on the team." So it was really cool and it'd be a really good experience. Okay. So when you do go, so when you do go to East Coast Pro, is that in Atlanta or is that in Hoover? I think it's in Hoover. And we'll be there for like five days. Okay. So, um, just with you having a couple couple events left here in your travel ball career, heading into heading into your senior year, 
Um, just looking back at your whole travel ball career, what are probably some of the biggest memories that you have just looking back and being like, okay, man, like I've had, I've had a good time playing travel ball so far. I would just say the relationships with the boys, like there's nothing else, there's nothing better to do of like loving baseball and going to be able to play with some of the best competition in the world. Like it's just been a great experience being able to go and pitch and have fun and joke around and, See everybody. I think the biggest thing is going from a younger age to growing up to seeing your guys that you're on with, like at a younger age, start committing to other places. And it's like, dang, like this is surreal. Like we're kind of growing up, and like college is next year. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So as you as you head into your senior year, um, what what's the outlook on the baseball season next spring? Are, are you losing a lot of guys, bringing a lot of guys back? What's the outlook of your guys' high school baseball team? So I would say I would go back a little bit further. My sophomore year was my first year at Briarcrest. I uh, transferred in from Arlington, and we made it to the state championship, had a huge senior class heavy. I think we lost 13 seniors that year, um, along with my brother. So then coming into last year, we were, we were down pretty good bit. Uh, made it one region, didn't – Lost in sub-state, that kind of hurt because we won the first game, then lost back-to-back. But we're only losing three or four seniors, so we're going to – and we're picking up another guy or two. So I think we're going to we're gonna be a lot better this year and we have a chance to make a good run. Okay. So um, as school – month or so, what do you need to do most just to prepare to be that senior guy, maybe the team captain, if you weren't already? I mean, I think the biggest thing is just, like, kind of showing myself to the guys that, like, hey, like, how, how have y'all been doing? And just trying to build that relationship as best you can because I would, I would say that sophomore year I had, those seniors, those seniors were so close together. And I thought that that was probably the best, the main reason of why we were so good is because the relationship with all of the guys were just insane. Other than the fact that we were all, like, everybody had, was really good, but how close they were is how close I want to be with my guys this year. And I say my guys, like, just my buddies, because, I mean, obviously I want to be a leader, but I want to show them, like, hey, like, I'm not here just to show up and play. Like, I'm here to build relationships and everything like that. Of course, yeah, that's, that's, always, that's always a great thing to have as, as the team leader. But moving on to just maybe some more on the field stuff. So let's dig into your your hitting and just your hitting approach and your pitching repertoire. So um, you're listed on Perfect Game as a left-handed pitcher, first baseman, and an outfielder. So what's the plan as you head into Tennessee? Are you going to be more of a pitcher only, or are you going to be a two-way player? I'll, I'll be just just pitcher. Okay. So dig so dig into your pitching repertoire a little bit. What pitches are you throwing, and then what are the what are the speeds on those pitches? So I have fastball, changeup, curveball. Um, I, my fastball, I'll sit 88 to 93. Um, then changeup will probably be around mid 70s, upper 70s. Then curveball will be probably 73, 75. So, um, what 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 pitch would you say probably might might need the most work? Um, 
I mean, I think always fastball can. Like, unless you're a guy that size of always needs the most improvement. I've been able to have my other pitches work for me really good, but I think control with the fastball is probably the main thing as a pitcher that can help. Because if you can control your fastball, then you can control your other pitches. And it, when, whenever you can control your fastball, it's going to be a good day. Just because your other pitches just calm. But if you can't control that fastball and you can't get it where you want it, then it makes it for a longer day. So are, are you good with the three pitches you got rolling right now, or are you planning on trying to add a fourth pitch here in the next uh, in the next year or so? I'm good. Maybe, maybe a cutter, maybe a little bit, just to get some other movement. But right now I like the three pitches that I got. Okay. So if you were a scout watching your game, so this could be on the mound and in a dugout interacting with your teammates, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? I mean, I would say he has a little bit of life to his fastball. He can run it up to three-ish. Then he can work backwards. I love to work backwards and count. Like, I'll start off with curveball. I, I just think I'm a little bit of a hitter, so I know I'm looking for first-pitch fastball, and that's just what I'm trying to do. So as a pitcher, I'm not trying to give him just first-pitch fastball every time. Uh, and he's going to be a leader in and off the dugout. Uh Attitude is going to be good. Like, I'm not always going to get down myself. I'm going to be hard just because of the expectations I have for myself. But I'm not going to go off on my teammates. I'm going to try to pick them up. If air behind me, I'm going to I'm going to say, hey, next one's coming to you. Be ready. Let's go. Like, I'm going to try to get my teammates lifted as possible. And I think for me, I had to, I will say like my attitude wasn't good at a younger age, uh, but I've worked on it a bunch. And I think that's why I've been able to be better at my game. Like, attitude is such a big important, like, it's so important to the game. I see some guys, like, on my team, which is not the best. I'm like, hey, like, it has to get better. Like, you're going to be better once you get that going better. So just pick yourself up. It's going to come. You might not have got a base hit, but you're going to get another, you're going to get another opportunity. So just being that biggest leader that I can be, uh, then always going out and giving my team a chance to win. I think it's the biggest thing about me. So, so being from the state of Tennessee, which has always been kind of, has always been a good baseball state, playing for the East Coast, playing in those tournament, playing in those events like the PDP, all the different events you've been in. Who's maybe the hardest couple hitters that you've had to face in your career so far? Ooh, I will say RJ did give me a did get a base hit off of me. Zion actually pieced me up to right field pretty good. Uh, I would say every every PEP player. Like, there was not one person that was just an easy out. Every dude you have to go and give your best pitches to, because if you don't, you're, you're going to get taken pretty far. So uh, I would say every, literally every player at PDP was probably the hardest guy. So what was that like playing in that PDP? When you're facing some of your travel, your East Coast teammates and Zion, RJ, what was that like being on opposite teams and actually having to face them instead of them being on your same team? So it's kind of cool. I was able to have RJ on my team, but I didn't have Zion. So I was able to pitch against Zion. And right when he came up, we just kind of 
kind of to smile a little bit. I faced him twice. Uh, the first time he ground ball to right to third base, third baseman kind of made a little air on it, no big deal. But then the second time, uh, my second outing, he pieced me up to right field. It was a, it was a line, it was a line drive right to the right fielder out, but he was able to make a really good swing on it. That dude's going to be something pretty good. Yeah. So what was that? So were you able to watch Zion when he was playing at Dodger Stadium last week? I was not. I saw the videos on him of him hitting a ball, him hitting that triple and a double and stuff. But, uh, I mean, I obviously congratulated him. Like, that's an insane experience for them to go to that. I was really happy for him. Yeah. He seems like a cool guy. I think I'm going to get him on the podcast sometime next week. I think he's a – He'd be a cool guy as well to talk to. But when you were doing PDP, so can you so that's like an eight day event from what I've heard, I believe, right? Yeah, it was eight to ten, something like that. Okay. So can you kinda of take us through what those first couple of days were like and then once you guys actually got into playing games when you were pitching, what was your, what did your average day look like? Yeah, so it was every morning they obviously feed you like crazy, they fly you in, and that's kind of a cool experience. Um, but right when you get there, you get your check-in and get a crap ton of gear. Like, there's 10, 15 tables of just all the gear that you're getting. Uh, that was really cool. Um, I mean, kind of hangouts first day. So there was this team lounge that was, like, ping pong and, like, a big TV, like, another little foosball game. So that was kind of cool. That was, like, the main hangout spot. But I would say you wake up at 5.45, 6 o'clock every morning, breakfast at 6.30, uh, maybe a little bit earlier if, if you have the early game. Then you go to the field. Do a, some days you do a player development session, meaning you go with your position and like kind of work on that, talk to them about it. Pitchers, pitchers there's only that much stuff you can do, so it wasn't too crazy. But then you go back to the hotel if you have the later game, get something to eat, chill out for a little bit. Then you go to the field, throw, take in and out, hit on the field. Then you're ready for your game. And when you're ready for your game, it gets crazy just because of uh, how intense it is. And the player competition is awesome. So just as a pitcher, like, not pitching and playing every game, it's really cool just to see all those guys compete. It's, it's a total different level of baseball. Yeah. So who are some of those guys that you were able to play with during that PDP? So there's the main guy of Thomas White. He's one of the – I think he might be the top lefty pitcher in our class. Uh, there's Blake Mitchell. He's, the, he's one of the top – he's one of the best catchers I've ever seen catch in my life. Like, by far, he's insane. Uh, RJ was really cool to see him play. Obviously, he's really cool, really good guy. Um, then, I mean, there's obviously a bunch more commits. Like, everybody there is committed. So, it's it's really cool experience. Yeah. So, you mentioned Blake Mitchell, obviously one of the, the, the top guys in that 23 class. And he's, you said he's the best catcher you've ever seen. So, was he the guy that was catching you were on the, when you were on the mound, or was there somebody else who was your catcher? Yeah, so he was the guy that was catching me the whole time. Obviously, when you're playing for the East Coast or you're playing for your high school team, you've already had that pre-built relationship already with your catcher. But what's it like when you're having to go to different events and you're having new catchers catch you? How do you go about building that relationship, that chemistry? That way you can go up there and dominate on the mound. 
I mean, it's basically trust. Like, I know that he's one of the best in the game. Like, obviously, if he wasn't good, he wouldn't be there. So I have, like, full trust in him. And, I mean, just telling him, hey, like, this is what I like to do. I like to work really fast. Uh, get it and get it back to me. And let's work fast. And let's let's dominate this. So I'll give him a little stuff about, like, what I do. And he's like, all right, let's go. And so he does whatever I say. Like, he he was really good. Uh, like, framing, blocking. His arm is one of the top arms I've seen as a catcher. So it was just uh, – it wasn't that big of a difference, honestly. So it was, I was really good. Okay. So if you had the Tennessee's campus next fall, what are some of the biggest things – this could be in your first – things you're wanting to work on before heading to a college campus next fall i would say just getting bigger and gaining weight i think i think like obviously i've talked to scouts and stuff and they're like hey just just stay in the weight room and gain weight like that's my biggest thing of just gaining weight uh so hopefully when i get there if i get there that i can just gain a bunch of weight okay so as as before we started recording, I kind of taught, told you a little bit as I'm trying to become an advisor agent. So when I get players on, so just to get into it just a little bit, when was it that advisor started reaching out to you? Uh, I would say the first one reached out to me after the workout at uh that I had that I told you about with East Coast Pro, not East Coast Pro, East Coast. Um, so that, that was the main, that was the first time someone reached out to me, but then I had obviously a few reach out to me. Then I had the one I'm with later. We talked to one of our friends, uh, Cooper Kenny, his, uh, his, we talked to his dad and they're like, Hey, I'll send you our, our advisor. Um, and we talked to him and we kept kept building that relationship and we just felt comfortable with them and already pulled the string. Yeah. So what were those, what was the main way these, these advisors were reaching out to you? Was it in person and through text, Instagram, Twitter, DM, how, how, what was the main way these guys were reaching out? So it was, it was mainly text. We, we got on the call, we called them maybe a few times, but for the most part, it was just call and texting and stuff. Then we saw okay. them a few times in person before we made the made the decision to switch. But yeah, it was it was mainly uh, it was mainly call. Okay, so when you were having these initial conversations with advisors and agents, um, what were those conversations like? So was it like a lot of questions these guys were asking you, or or were they more they're kind of telling you what they're about, what they're trying to do? Yeah, it was more information-based because I think as an advisor, you basically have to sell yourself. Like, you're selling yourself to get your yourself business. So I think the main thing was him trying to, like, tell me what they do and, uh, like, what type of guys they already have. I think that was the biggest thing. Like, their agents, like, their agency of, like, what guys they have, how big of names. I think that's the – that big – it's big part now of like what type of guys you already have to build okay. that resume of yourself. Okay. So what were some of those key, as you were going through the selection process, what were some of those key things you were looking for? I was just, I was just trying to make sure I was with a guy that I was comfortable, able to talk to anytime. Like, and that would, that would work for me. 
and that wouldn't like stop. That would always be there for me whenever I needed him or talked to him or anything. Uh, but mainly a guy that has connections and can get me seen to to the scouts. Okay. So um, just moving on a little bit to beyond the baseball field just a little bit. I always – for the last couple of questions of the interview, I kind of like to move away from the baseball field, talk about some other stuff. So when you're not playing baseball, when you're not on that pitcher's mound, what are some other things you like to do um, beyond the baseball field, maybe some of your passions? I love to golf. Actually, how you said I'm literally getting ready right now to go playing golf. So I love to golf with my buddies. That's a big part of what I do when I'm not uh, when I'm not playing. Okay, so are you a nine hole or an eighteen hole type of guy? Uh, I'm a nine hole type of guy, but I like to play eighteen if that makes sense. Okay, I guess I, I'm I'm more of a nine hole guy. That I'm just like, all right, after nine holes, I'm kind of bored. Let's let's go home. Let's go in the AC a little bit. So. So I, I guess I'll I can't... play eight. Yeah, I'll play eighteen, but after nine, I kind of start doing not as good. I they're like if whenever my friends talk me into going those the back nine, I'm always kind of like messing around on the golf cart, just just trying to make a little bit more fun out of it. The after after nine, I might get a little bored. But with you being in Arlington, you said that's close to Memphis. So, what are some of your favorite things you like to do in Memphis, or maybe even some of those other small towns or big cities in Tennessee? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I go out that much. I go to the movies every once in a while and hang out. But I mean, I don't really go into Memphis that much. I'll go and hang out with my friends and all that, and just kind of live that teenage teenage life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was just. I mean, I grew up in a really really small town, but yeah, we we had yeah we we, we had that same stuff. But with Tennessee not having a baseball team, like in terms of major league baseball team. Another team that you like to follow? Uh, I follow the Cardinals just because they actually have a uh, the AAA affiliate affiliate in my like in Memphis. Okay, so, so how far Bird, is Memphis, how far is Memphis from St. Louis? Oh, I would say I've never been to a game, but I would say it's a I'd say four fourish. I think. Four okay, I guess, yeah, that, that's not bad at all. I mean, that's that's yeah, closer than Knoxville. Yeah. But I got one last question for you, man. So with name, image, and likeness, that becoming a thing last year in July 21, and you becoming a college athlete, um, have you thought about that at all as maybe like a dream brand that you'd like to work with? I haven't, honestly. I think it would be really cool to have an endorsement of like a clothing brand or like a glass brand or glove brand or something like that. I think that would be like an, an awesome, awesome deal to have. Uh, it's it's become such a big thing to college, so I think down the road that that there will be something. But I think that would be really cool just to have my name on something. That's it's kind of a dream. Yeah, I mean that's always that's always the question I like to end it off on, just because like I said, I'm trying to be an agent. And I'm pretty big in NIL with some guys at Indiana. So I just kind of always like to ask. That's always a question I always like to ask to end it off. But yeah, I think that would be, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to kind of start that off of getting them seen by, by scouts. And obviously off the field, like we like, we like to have a lot of stuff of like, obviously getting like Instagram and like all that stuff. So it's a big, the agent world has become, not only big on the field, but it's come huge off the field. 
Yeah, of course. So that's one one thing I'm trying to dig in now as I'm as I'm starting to begin my career here in a couple of years. But well, that's all the questions I got for you, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, best of luck here these next couple of weeks when you go to East Coast Pro, PG National. Um, just best of luck at those events. Um, good luck when you head to Knoxville next next fall. Um, I'll definitely be watching your career, following you a little bit. So just really appreciate you coming on the show, and um, that'll do it. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast, episode number 94 here on the podcast. So getting down there to episode number 100, got a special guest coming on for episode 100. So you guys are going to have to check it out. But just another great weekend on the podcast overall. Really want to thank Matthew for coming on the show today. It was a great time learning about his career a little bit more. Um, Just also want to thank AJ Garcia and RJ Hamilton for coming on the show as well. So both the guys that came on Friday and Saturday. Um, So just great content all week. We got another great, we got another weekend of great content as we have next week as we have 2023 Texas baseball commit Oliver Service based out of Detroit. Um, We've got Ryan Hussey on the show, a Notre Dame 2023 baseball commit as well. And then we round it out next week with Ashton Larson, USA Prime player, um, committed to LSU for that class of 2023 as well. So make sure to tune into those. But for any more updates on the podcast, make sure you'll give us a follow on social media. That's going to be at JKR underscore podcast. Also check out our website. That's going to be www.jkr.com jkrpodcast.com um so just give those a follow subscribe to us on apple Podcasts and spotify go give us a subscription on youtube as well so just keep checking it out keep keep listening and really appreciate you guys so uh catch you guys next week